The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on the spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you in your own recovery. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. Today's episode is titled, Avoiding Pitfalls on the Path. The lure of prestige has been the downfall of many on the recovery journey. We can get to feeling so good about ourselves that we fall into that old trap of wanting to be seen as the number one man or the number one woman in the eyes of others. How can we remain true to our purpose and avoid the trap of pride? Can we practice humility without feeling humiliated? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on staying in integrity on the recovery journey and avoiding the desire to look good doing it. Wow, this is an amazing topic. Um, Humility. Humility, you know, I think is really a spiritual principle, Right. And so we want to stay in humility as much as we can, but we're humans. And when we come into the 12 step program, if we're very active in meetings and such, it becomes like any other social group, right? Where there are the sort of not popular folks, but you know, there's the folks that are sort of at all the meetings and they know everybody. And, you know, certain people go out to eat after. I mean, it's like any other human social group. Totally. Yeah. And so there can be um, there can be a desire to want to be part of this sort of in group or to, you know, I mean, we know, right, there's a way that we talk that we tend to adopt when we come into 12 step program, we have a language of our own a way of talking about things. And, and when we share in meetings, which is the basis of our recovery, right, is our individual sharing that we do in meetings. Um, there can be a tendency to want to try to sound good. I mean, we're human beings. That's what we do, right? 
So just knowing that that tendency is there and just, you know, trying to always be as honest and open and humble as possible is only going to help our own recovery, right? I mean, it's not going to, it's not going to do us any good. I mean, I've seen people in meetings, you know, that talk a really good talk and you know that that's, they're not living that outside of meetings or, you know, they're flawed like we all are. Um, so it's just good to bear that in mind that like, you know, we're the ones that are going to benefit from our own honesty. The more honest and humble we can be about our shortcomings, about our behavior, about our failings, our, all of it, it's, that's what's going to help someone else, not our grandstanding or trying to sound really good. That doesn't help anybody. As we know, anybody can get up there and talk a good talk. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's basically like, what do we want to get out of it? You know, I totally agree. And you know, what's coming to mind is what has become one of my favorite little phrases. And it's not a slogan like would go on the wall, but you know how we'll, we'll talk about telling on myself. I'm going to tell on myself, which just means I'm going to be honest about something that maybe I'm not super sure I would want to be, or I'm nervous, or maybe in the past I wouldn't have been. I would have tried to like, maybe if I don't say anything, everyone will think I'm okay. But I think that it's important that we learn to tell on ourselves, which just means that's another way of saying, just tell the truth yeah. about what's going on. Because I know for me, you know, if, if, um, uh, what thinking about what vanity or the lack of humility or arrogance is another way to I've, I've thought of to or come up with or heard to state the absence of humility. And one of the telltale signs of it for me is if I'm comparing, right? Comparing is hard to stop doing because in a sense, that's what our minds are literally yes. built to do. Yeah. And that's fine. But where I know I can get myself in trouble is if I am, you know, this is always out of fear, right? Always out of fear. Am I comparing myself to others, someone else's car versus my car, or my perception of the way someone dresses and how do I dress and all this comparing. And I had a program friend tell me something that I found really powerful is that comparing, we always lose, always yes. lose. Because even if I think that I'm somehow coming out, quote, ahead in my comparison, I'm still losing because I'm separating myself. I'm mm -hmm. sort of, I'm really making it hard to have a genuine heart connection with someone if all I can do is compare myself to them, hoping that I'm going to come out of it on top somehow or other, which is crazy because it's all in my head. It's literally all in my yeah. head so yeah. if and and you know i i think it's very common i know to watch for it in myself it can certainly still happen but if it is happening i now kind of take it as a sign like all right what's going on yeah. what's bothering me that i am not aware of or don't want to be aware of what what's happening inside my experience what's going on you know with my heart am i nervous am i afraid am i sad why is it that I'm feeling the need to compare myself with someone? So it can become quite instructive, but it all it all starts with this idea of telling on ourselves, which just means telling the truth. And I yeah. love that about this program, that that's something that we affirm, this is how we choose to live. And it's just way better than otherwise, in my experience.
Yeah, that comparing thing is such a uh, trap that we can fall into. You know, we're taught in 12-step program to seek the similarities, right, to relate to people. That's a way of cutting through those differences and seeing what we all share that we can, you know, that we can um, bond over and that we can help one another with. On the other hand, you know, comparing ourselves constantly to other people is never a good idea. It's never, you know... And, and you're right that it is human nature. I can't remember. There's some, you know, evolutionary reason for it, you know, that every person we come to, we're like sort of sizing up whether we're like dogs, you know, ranking ourselves, you know, am I higher <laughs> yeah. than this person or lower? And it is human nature. But we also have a rational brain that can seek to overcome those more, um, you know, those more, what do you call them, primal instincts or whatever. And so, you know, comparing ourselves, I mean, we do it all the time, but it's so not helpful. We are all so incredibly different. I mean, it's, it's literally proverbially comparing apples and oranges, but it's more like apples and like mangoes or apples and I don't know, some random thing. I mean, we're so different. And so I had to really learn that in recovery, that what was right for some people was not right for me. What was what some people were creating out of their lives and what they wanted was not what I wanted. I wanted something different. And so it really was not helpful and continues to not be helpful for me to compare myself myself to others. I mean, social media is particularly challenging because Ooh, we're constantly saying it is the worst. And I can look at my friends' pictures and go, how come their house is so much nicer than mine? And how come they, but you know, I mean, we all know, right. That people post their happiest times. They post their highlight reels. They don't post the day they're depressed or, you know, the day they look like crap or whatever. I mean, we, we know that. But the thing is, is we're, we just have to remember that we are so unique. We are so different. We cannot compare ourselves to others. Our, our path in life is ours only. It's unique. What we value is not the same as what others value. Um, it, this is where we learn to love ourselves and where we learn to get in touch with that inner knowing that we teach in unity, right? That inner knowing, that inner guide that guides us towards what is right for me. What is right for me? What do I want? Not what looks good on somebody else's Facebook page, but what do I really want? Yeah. I like that, that, that practice of, you know, and part of what we're talking about today, if we broaden it a little bit, is how can I kind of, um, you know, any kind of healing is inherently self-oriented, right? It's it's selfish, but not in a negative way. Like if if I have the flu, it's perfectly appropriate for me to lay in bed and perhaps rely on others to help take care of me. And it's I'm not being you know, self-centered in that way. Like we usually use that phrase Mm -hmm. um, because I'm healing and I need support Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to do it. So how do we heal on our recovery path, which is inherently, you know, inward facing, I'm doing my inner work without it being all about me. You know, I don't want it to be me, 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 but yet at times it does need to be at some time. So how can I do this without being arrogant? Uh, I I just looked down at a note I had jotted earlier about a a way that I've come to understand arrogance because usually I mean I sort of knew the I don't know the the street definition or whatever someone's acting like a big jerk talking about how great they are but it runs way deeper than that that's the sort of the outward appearance yeah. of it 
And the way I've come to understand it is arrogance is the idea that any skill that I have or resource or social position, anything that I have makes me better than yep. other people in any way. Yep. And that better is the is the key to it. And then, of course, the opposite of that is humility, where yep. I recognize everyone is equally as valuable. Every life yes. is valuable. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I might have unique skills that are valuable yeah. in the marketplace. And so maybe uh, people want to pay me more money to do something and maybe someone else is doing something. It doesn't mean there's parity on every level. It means my inherent value as a human being is exactly the same That's as right. yours. It's exactly the same as the you know greatest athlete or world leader. And it's exactly the same as the dude sleeping in an alley in a box. Exactly and the same. That's a real spiritual concept that we yes. all have to grapple with, because if you think about it, the, the idea that some human beings are worth more than others is the is the root of all evil on our planet. Right. Yep. I mean, it, that's why there is so much disparity among human beings, because some of us feel that it's acceptable for others of us to be, you know, to 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 be oppressed or to be treated in different ways, that, whatever. You know what I'm talking about? So. This idea that we are all equal and that the higher power loves us all equally, that's a real spiritual concept. Now, we can give it lip service, but I'm talking about like really getting it on a deep level, that God does not think that I am any better because I have a master's degree or because I'm sober or be even because I'm a clergy person. That's right. I was just telling a congregant the other day, you know. I am not any different than you. The only difference is that maybe I have made a little bit more of a life commitment to working on this stuff full time as my job, but that doesn't make me any more spiritual than you or anything. And, and, you know, the days of clergy being held up on this pedestal, you know, hopefully are changing or are over or whatever, because that's not who I want to be to my congregation. I want to be someone that's relatable, that is working on all of the same things that I'm preaching about. I'm actively working about working on them in my life. You know, it's just so important that we not get spiritually arrogant. You know, none of this makes us any more better or valuable than anyone else. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Yeah, I'm kind of hearing you maybe bring in uh, the the concept of sponsorship in 12 step oh, yes. is not a superior or in an inferior. It's a person that's been around longer and a person who hasn't been around yes. as long. And that's it. And so it's a it's a particular kind of peer relationship. And yeah, there, you know, one is the sponsor and the other is the sponsee. But if you've had experiences like me, those things can sort of sort of morph together i mean if i have one month and someone has five years then that's a huge difference right and my sponsor yeah. has, has seen a lot and knows a lot and i'm open to learning a lot but if if 
my sponsor, you know, the time goes by and now we're at 15 and 20 years. We're kind of peers at some yeah. point in yeah. there. The, the differential is not that huge. And so I know that I bring in 12 step spiritual concepts into my spiritual work everywhere that I go, even though, mm -hmm. you know, I pastor a church and it's not a 12 step church, it's a unity church. And yes, mm -hmm. this it's very 12 step friendly, just inherently, it's not the same thing. So I like what you're saying, because it feels like this idea that, yes, I may have something now that will be helpful to you, but I am no better than you. Yeah, I'm not a more valuable human being than you are, or, or anybody is. And, and you know, we, our, our uh, tradition that says, our, our saying that says anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. That runs so much deeper than I ever thought. Because when I first came in, to me, anonymity was, I don't want anyone to know I'm here. Because mm -hmm. I'm still struggling with the fact that I have this situation, this addiction in my life. And after a while, it's like, oh, it's more than that. It's that I don't tell anyone that you are here. It's right. not just about me. Now, right. okay, I wake up a little bit, and I, but that that tradition that says the spirit that an uh, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. If you dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in it, where you arrive is exactly what we're talking about. I am no more valuable a human being than you are, or that anyone is. That's anonymity. That means who I am air quotes, like, don't you know who I am? Who I am is not relevant. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. That's, that's the deepest spiritual level of anonymity, at least as far as I understand it now. And I'm not claiming that I live in that space and practice right. it, but I hold it um, as an ideal and try to, if I ever realize that I'm kind of off the track, you know, I'm off track or off the rails or whatever, mm -hmm. I try and recognize that and come back and say, like I said, what's going on with me? Why, why am I feeling like I need to put myself above or below? That's another way of doing it or yes. below yeah, that's some other person. Yep. Yeah. It's that ranking. I've always got to figure out where I go in the rank, you know, and yeah. that's not, that's not helpful. You know, we're team Jesus here, as we always like to say. Yes. And I mean, I remember one time I was taking a class in my church where we went through the Sermon on the Mount and um, especially the Beatitudes. And we basically came to the conclusion that they were all talking about the same thing, more or less, which was yeah. humility. Yes. Yeah. Spiritual humility, you know, and Jesus, Jesus. So Jesus and I feel funny talking about this to my Bible teacher who knows infinitely more about the Bible than I do, but no, we're peers now. <laughs> Don't compare. You're busted. You're totally busted. But you know, Jesus lived in an extremely stratified culture, right? Where, you know, there, you know, there were different classes of people. And, and so he was always trying to turn stuff on its head, right? He was yep. trying to wake people up. So when he would say things like the first will be last and the last will be first, you know, that can sound like sort of a conundrum. Well, what the heck is he talking about? But I think he was trying to get these people that thought so much in terms of caste, in terms of, you know, uh, social, social class. class yeah. Yes. He was trying to get them to just, I mean, he was just trying to break people out of that mold, that way of thinking, you know, and the meek shall inherit the earth, you know, and the poor in spirit. I mean, he was just 
he was trying to, because he was dealing with folks who thought they were so great because they were so spiritual or they followed certain laws or whatever. And he was trying to get people to see that that ain't where it's at. That's not what it's about. It's not about, you know, you standing on the street corner and reciting certain prayers and making yourself look good. That's not what it's about. Exactly. So we, you know, would do well to heed, even if we just looked at the Beatitudes, to heed those words of Jesus that the first will be last, the last will be first. And, and, and the thing about, you know, if you get your reward on earth, then where will be your spiritual reward, yeah, right? You've right. already gotten your reward. So we don't want to get our reward on earth. We don't want to be rewarded in that way. We want to be rewarded spiritually. Yeah. We don't want to be aligned with spiritual things. My minister used to always say, be careful where you're, what you assign treasure status to Yeah. be careful where is your treasure? Because yeah. if it's in worldly possessions, then yep. I'm inherently comparing with others. If that's yep. what I'm focused on. And I consider that my, you know, my gains, my win or my treasure or whatever, I'm, I am in the wrong place. You know, one, one way to understand the kingdom of God that I really like is exactly what you're saying. It's an upside down kingdom yes. com compared to an earthly political power structure kind of kingdom. Yes. And so, uh, one of the th being team Jesus, one of the things that I love about the the person and the teachings are that, uh, and this just hit me one day, and it seems so silly to say it. Jesus did not go around talking about humility or teaching humility. He lived it. Yes, in every fiber of his being, mm -hmm. he lived it. He didn't need to talk about it. He didn't need to teach it. He lived it. He was in a living example. Absolutely. And so it keeps it, you know, it shows up in every aspect it, up to and including the willingness to give up his physical life yep. in order to be one of the bunch in a sense, yep. Yep. in order to pave the way to show that um, here's what actually matters, yes. not this other stuff, but yes. our, our, you know, our inherent value, our connectedness, the idea the concept of God's grace, which is available to everyone, is another sort of uh, lay, laying of the leveling of the playing field, yes. if you know what I'm saying. Yep. That you don't earn it. You can't earn it. It's a you gift. It's it. free. It is freely available to everyone. You can't earn so, it and you can't lose it. So instead of, right. So instead of like feeling That's the good like news. we're not supposed to go around feeling bad like oh man i don't deserve god's grace nobody no, 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 does that's false if, humility exactly that ain't how it is it's it's available to everyone equally that to me is what's important about it it is a statement of equality inherent value and um humility at yep. the end of the day yeah you only have to look at the spiritual the true spiritual um giants that even the ones on earth today to get an example of that look at the dalai lama if you ask him if he's enlightened he'll give you some roundabout answer you know basically no i'm not enlightened i'm just you know i, I mean that that's humility you know they're wonderful examples of that I also love that about them. And I know I'm just going to guess that even though that is true about the, the Dalai Lama, that it's not effortless necessarily 
I don't think the Dalai Lama never, ever has even a moment of irritation or, right. well, how come I have to, you know, it's that's like a great lead-in phrase for <laughs> inequality. Why do I have to stand in line or, or whatever? But yeah. he is, I'm just guessing he is so practiced at it that he can quickly yeah. return yeah. to that place. Kind of on demand, as I know that... Um, Others who can say, what's another way? Like um, the idea of like turning within, taking a breath and getting grounded in one's body, right? Mm -hmm. That's something I had to learn. I didn't know anything about that. I've had to practice that over and over and over mm -hmm. to the point where I'm not walking around doing it all the time. But as soon as I realize that I'm not, as soon as I decide to do it, I can do it pretty quickly and pretty readily. Now, I don't know that I stay there, but you know how it is. Spiritual practice is always a matter of returning. We yes. return to center. That's and why then we practice. drift off and then we come back and our mind wanders and then we come back. That yes. works on every level, right? Not just, you know, say a, a mindfulness meditation or a contemplative prayer, but in all of life, I, I get, I, I have, uh, I was joking with Heather about this, like this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I get in the car and on the road, oh, I get geez. really mad at people. Yes, I do too. And in a way, I'm like, is this healthy venting air quotes or is this a problem I need to work on? Yeah. I, I swear like a sailor. I turn into yes. know, Mr. Hyde all the time. Oh, I'm day. so glad I'm not the only one. Oh, no. I think it's... I mean, let's people and can't I would drive never, to save their lives, so it's I warranted. would never want to offend anyone. I'm right. not going to make hand gestures. Right. This is right. all... It's internal. I mean, it's internal. I'm to not, the car. I'm not claiming it's not a problem. I'm just <laughs> truth-telling. I'm telling on myself. Uh, that's just the truth of how it is right now for whatever reason. I don't even know. But we need to switch gears. Are you ready for our recovery in a nutshell? This is when we try to summarize the various pieces. If we had to take everything that we've just talked about and pull out two or three things that are most important or that we have found most helpful, that's a better way to put it, that you and I have found most helpful on our journeys, what might those be? So, Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, uh, in a nutshell, I've heard that I have to focus on myself in order to recovery, but how can I do that and not be self-centered or selfish all the time? Oh, my goodness. I mean, obviously... 12-step recovery is a very self-focused program. You know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's a lot of self-care and self-recovery that needs to happen. We need to care for ourselves. We need to focus on ourselves um, long enough to be able to do the work, right? This is a program of self-examination and self-awareness. But that doesn't mean that we let the world revolve around us right? So it's about balance, you know, it's about balance. And I mean, I think, you know, early in recovery, it's very appropriate to focus more on ourselves, right? Because the work needs to be done. But it's focusing on ourselves in terms of the work we need to do. It's not focusing on ourselves in terms of, like I say, the world revolving around us. It's, that's different, right. you know? 
And I, it, this, this humility piece, it just, it's, it's a, like we said, a, a spiritual practice. It's something we need to come back to again and again, because we can start thinking, well, I got 30 days now, or well, I got six months now or whatever. So we just need to keep remembering that this is, you know, we're all um, doing the best we can and we need to stay humble and we can be proud of our growth and our achievements, but that didn't make us any better than the person that just walked in the room. Yeah, that's right. It's almost like when we get into recovery, we're the house that's on fire. I hope we're yeah. the one that where they're putting the water we yeah. need to spray the water on the house that's on right. fire. So yeah, yes. it does make sense. And uh, my answer is basically exactly what you said. It's all about balance. And one yeah. way to balance it that's a simple, practical thing is in service to others. Mm-hmm. I was told when someone in a recovery in your home group asked you to do something, say yes, unless, you know, you really can't, you're mm-hmm. already totally overburdened. But, you know, my answer just tends to lean toward no, because I feel safer for me. And right. I had to learn to start saying, yes, yes, I will take a meeting into the detox. Yes, I yeah. will chair that meeting. Yes, I will show up to the business meeting. Yes, yeah. I will make the coffee. So those are simple things we can do to practice being in balance. Uh, yes. The phrase I love is that nobody can do my inner work for me, but I can't yes. do it alone. Right. I need the community and I need to turn within and do what I do as well. Balance. Yes, absolutely. Well, as always, we have an affirmation for you. And our affirmation today is a classic 12-step affirmation. I clean house, trust God, and serve others. And that is enough. Once again, I clean house, I trust God, and serve others. And that is enough. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we are so grateful. We hope you found something in all of our gabbling today that you find genuinely helpful, and we bless you wherever you are on your own recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope you'll join us again. But until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink. I wasn't there, but I've heard about it. Don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.